We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. We are in the midst of the NFL owners meetings, which leads to quite a few interesting interviews. And when you are a team that is either looking to trade for Aaron Rodgers or trade away Aaron Rodgers, you end up with some pretty interesting interview conversations to say the least. And Monday ended up being a pretty interesting news day for a variety of reasons. The big one is that Brian Gutekinds gave a 17-minute-ish interview, and there was a surprising amount of information that came out of that short 17-minute interview. So we are going to get into all of it today. Prior to Brian Gutekinds speaking, we did have both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala speak for the Jets. And prior to that, of all people, not at the owners' meetings, but there was an interview with Dean Lowry, and even Dean Lowry's got takes. So let's start with Dean Lowry, because why not? Dean Lowry, of all people, says the GM and head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, he's talking about them, basically saying, quote, they're very down-to-earth guys. That's different from the front office standpoint from where I've been. Last I checked, Dean Lowry was only with one other professional franchise, which just so happened to be the Green Bay Packers. So Brian Gutekunst and company are now catching strays from recent Minnesota Vikings signee and former Green Bay Packer, Dean Lowry. I don't know. It, if there's any like vibe that Brian Gutekunst does give off, it's pretty easygoing. And we have had the conversations with Aaron Rodgers of saying maybe there was some inaccessibility there at times. It seems like maybe that had been course corrected. I don't know. I don't really take a ton out of Dean Lowry's conversations about this. There does seem to be always when somebody goes to the Vikings or the Bears where they're going to throw the Packers under the bus a little bit. 
I don't know if it's just a rivalry thing. I, I don't know what it is, but it just does seem to happen that way. Are there any huge takeaways here? No, but Brian Gutekinds and company uh, catching some flack, I guess, catching some strays from Dean Lowry, again, recent Minnesota Vikings signee. Let's get to NFL owners meetings and let's transition over to the Jets interviews because coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas, both of them spoke with the media, answered interview questions, and clearly one of the main points of questioning, I guess, was Aaron Rodgers. And both of them were very careful to not mention Aaron by name. However, there is zero you can take away. There is no takeaway you could possibly have other than based on those interviews, it is very abundantly clear that they are continuing on as if Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback in 2023. And a couple of giveaways here. First of all, they were talking about Zach Wilson and they Basically, they said Zach Wilson is going to be the number two quarterback. Now, that was clear probably in evidence just by the fact that he wasn't going to be their starter. They probably weren't going to go and get a, a backup, but it just, and there was going to be a new starter anyway, but it just basically lended itself with the rest of the discussion through the course of the day that Zach Wilson is going to be backing up Aaron Rodgers in some capacity. One of the other big pieces of news from the day was that Lamar uh, Lamar Rodgers, Lamar Jackson had requested a trade back in March or in earlier March from the Ravens. That's not really necessary because he is a franchise player. So any team can go out and get him anyway. And he's they don't have the exclusive tag, so he can talk to any team anyway. So not really necessary, neither here nor there. But uh, that sort of brought up with like, oh, like Green Bay needs to be careful. Like Lamar Jackson could end up with the Jets. And well, you, you never say never in the NFL. You just never say never. Like the craziest things will ultimately end up happening. But the Jets then came out and said they were very complimentary of Lamar Jackson, but basically said it would be disingenuous to continue or to, to go forward with any Lamar Jackson conversations because they are very much going in a different direction. We all know what that different direction is. They are set on Aaron Rodgers being their starting quarterback. And I don't even want to talk about that the L word, the leverage word, because both sides here have advantages to getting this deal done. And I'm still with Amy Trask on this one. Of Both these guys need to just work together to ultimately get this deal done to make everything work for both sides. So uh, it's going to get done. It is very, very clear from the Jet side of things that they are operating that Aaron is going to be their starting quarterback at some point. They just don't know exactly when that trade is going to take place because they haven't figured out trade compensation just yet. Meanwhile, for those of you who are potentially interested in Corey Davis being a member of the Green Bay Packers, for the record, I am not one of them unless he is released and Green Bay can get him on a very cheap deal. I would be interested then. I'm not necessarily interested in Corey Davis being a part of the trade, but if you are one of those people that was interested in that, or maybe you were hoping he wasn't part of the trade and wanted to hear this news, per the Jets, per Robert Sala, uh, he was asked if Corey Davis would be part of the team this year, and he said for sure and said that he was someone that the Jets want to keep. Now, here's the big thing here that we need to remember with all of this. Head coaches and GMs, they sort of lie, and it's part of their job description. They can't just tell everyone exactly what's going on. They have to hold their cards tight to the vest and, again, can't just give out state secrets. They, they have to sometimes 
go a little bit out of the realm of truth to be able to negotiate the right way with players and agents to be able to you know facilitate trades correctly so it doesn't necessarily mean that Corey Davis is going to be a member of the New York Jets and if Green Bay was asking for Corey in return if that's a player that they wanted I doubt Corey would hold up the potential trade I don't think that's what the the holdup would be here but Per the Jets, per Robert Sala, they do expect Corey Davis to be back on the team. I do think it's not super likely that he ends up in Green Bay in any capacity, but I do think that this probably lessened those chances a little bit, at least based on Robert Sala's comments. But again, GMs and coaches, they lie, so take it for what it is worth. And that brings us to the one and only Brian Gutekunst. And this was, like I said, a very loaded interview that had a lot of takeaways, some of which... I think are very easy to interpret. Other things we're just not going to know. And then there's other things that are very, very interesting that I, I'm i almost going to lean on you guys too, just to see what you think, because I think it's very intriguing. So we'll get to all of it. Let's start with the clear takeaway from the day. And that is there was clearly some miscommunication at best. And there's been a little bit of an escalation in maybe tensions is the wrong word, but Brian Gutekunst was very clear on his side of things that the Green Bay Packers and that he tried to contact Rodgers, quote, many times, and there was an inability to reach him. And again, quote, inability to reach him. So per the Packers, they tried to continue conversations with Aaron Rodgers. They continued to try to get a hold of him many times, and they couldn't do so, so they were forced to go in a different direction. And Brian, on numerous occasions, said, we would have liked to have had that conversation. So long story short here, they had the conversation after the season, and then there was sort of an understanding, it seems like, between both parties that conversations would continue and Rodgers would be able to take his time. And I think there was probably a truth to that, but per Green Bay, and I'm not taking sides here, just to be abundantly clear, per Green Bay, they reached out to him on numerous occasions, tried to get in touch with him to have those conversations. It was less clear if, and, and Brian basically just didn't say, but it was less clear if the conversation was going to be from Green Bay's end just to say, hey, just man to man, person to person, we're moving forward with Jordan or if they wanted to have a conversation about opportunities for what Green Bay would be able to do with Aaron Rodgers, or if it would make sense for both sides, or if they were going to commit to Aaron. We just don't know what the exact extent of those conversations were going to be, but per the Packers and per Brian Gutekind specifically, those conversations did not take place because Aaron was not returning their phone calls. Basically, Aaron was ghosting them. That's the way that it came across to Green Bay. And that's what Brian Gutekunst was basically telling to reporters on Monday. Now, here's the thing. This is definitely a difference from what we heard from Aaron on the Pat McAfee show. And I think it's a good lesson as to why we can't just jump to one conclusion when we hear one side of the story, that it's important to hear both sides of the story. I will say it once again, I am not picking a side here, nor am I absolving either side of anything. But the biggest thing I will say here overall is I don't care. I do not care. I I just don't care. And what I mean by that is it's a he said, she said, or he said, he said, I guess in this specific situation. And I have no idea. I have no idea who is ultimately telling the truth in this situation. You have no idea who's ultimately telling the truth. There are probably a handful of people, 
mostly probably uh, the the top brass in in Green Bay and Aaron and his agent and maybe a couple in Aaron's inner circle that actually know the true story of what happens or happened. And the truth is, is that Aaron probably has like whatever the, the actual truth is, right? Aaron probably has a slightly warped vision of what that truth is because he's seen things from his side of things. And Brian and the Packers probably have a slightly warped side of things from their side of things. And it's just going to be this collision of disagreement. And there's there's no right answer. There's probably a wrong answer. As I've said all along, there is probably fault on both sides. I think there was a serious lack of communication that took place. And this is how these things usually break down is it's a lack of true, honest, forthright communication. And it sounds like things were relatively good. I don't think perfect by any means. And I think I think if both sides were being abundantly transparent on that final conversation when they met right before you know everyone packed up their things and left, I think if everyone was being abundantly clear, I think Aaron probably would have said, you know what, I think it's time for me to play somewhere else. And I think if the Packers were being abundantly clear, I think they probably would have said, you know what, I think it's probably time for you to play somewhere else. But I think neither side wanted to be the one that said it for sure. I think both sides, as I've mentioned earlier, I think the Packers and Brian Gutekunst were really wanting to hear from Aaron, I'm your guy. I'm going to be your MVP quarterback. Let's go out and win a freaking Super Bowl. Let's do this thing. I'm willing to do anything in my power to make that happen. And I think Aaron was desperately waiting for the Packers to come to him and say, you're our guy. You're our MVP. We're going to go out. We're going to do everything we can to win a Super Bowl. Let's go do that together. I think both sides were waiting for the other one to do that, but both knew deep down it was probably the right time and the right situation for both parties just to go their separate ways. And I think then there becomes a just sort of wait and see period. And there's a there's probably, again, some miscommunication. Aaron easily could have taken it as, hey, I have the, like, and you even heard in some of the previous press conferences that Brian said, you know, Aaron needs to take his time and make his decision and everything like that. I think Aaron probably felt like he had the time to do that. Now, if Brian's being true, I this is the point. I don't care. I don't care. And here's the reason I don't care is because what was best to happen in this situation was that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers needed to go their separate ways. If that wasn't abundantly you know, clear already, it should have been even a more, more clear after Brian's interviews today that it was just time for these two to go in different directions. And why I don't care is because, again, A, we may never know exactly what the actual truth of this situation was. B, it just doesn't matter. It was time for it to happen. The best thing that could have happened here happened, that they're both going their separate ways. I think it's going to be better for the Packers. I think it's going to be better for Aaron. And like at the end of the day, Aaron's going to go play for the Jets for however long he wants to play for the Jets. And in five years, whatever it is, he's going to come back and his number's going to be retired and he's going to be up on the, you know, the ring of fame. He's going to retire as a Packer Hall of Famer. He's going to be a NFL Hall of Famer in a Packers jersey, all of it. So it just, at this point, and we already knew Aaron was going to be a Jet. So the, the, he said, he said, and whatever happened, it just ultimately doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't need to know for us. And like the, the inclination on everyone's end is to, to pick a side, right? To be like, oh, 
Aaron said, like, you know, he was wanting to be, a, a, you know, play again and be a Packer. And, and then he came out of the darkness retreat and, you know, the, the Packers went in a different direction. Man, the Packers are the worst. And for the for the Packers, it's like, hey, we try to get a hold of him a bunch of times and he wouldn't get back to us. Man, Aaron is the worst. And the truth is surely somewhere in the middle. And it was probably some miscommunication. And maybe at some point we learn that the Packers handled this awfully. And if that's the case, at some point, we will have that conversation based on new information that comes out. Or maybe at some point, Aaron, we learned that Aaron just was awful to deal with and he wouldn't respond to anyone and multiple people you know, corroborate the story. And at that point, if that comes out, we will have that discussion at that point. At this point, I just don't think it matters. This was going to happen. They were going to go in different directions. They are going in different directions. Bygones will be bygones eventually. This was what was best for both sides. And it will all reconcile a handful of years down the road. And Aaron will all, you know, all will be well in the world. And everyone will welcome Aaron back with open arms. And it, it just is what it is. And this is the cost of doing business in the NFL. You have these weird, gross breakups. And I think there was some hope maybe that this would be a little bit more amicable and this would be a little bit more, and it sort of seemed like it was going to start that way, at least from, you know, when Aaron was talking on McAfee prior to his decision that like, Hey, if they want to go in a different direction, awesome, great. And like, we can do this with, there doesn't have to be a villain and so on and so forth. It kind of felt that way. And now it's starting to seem like things are maybe escalating and this could get uglier than I think a lot of people were hoping for. But at the end of the day, we don't know. I don't know. You don't know exactly what happened. And it just, it, it happened. It was probably supposed to happen best that it happened. It's almost done and over with. We'll be done and over with when the trade is officially made official. And like I said, Aaron will come back to Green Bay at some point, retire a Packer and all will be good in the world. And that's all that matters because this stuff, it gets ugly. It gets nasty. It, there's just no need to pick a side at this point. It doesn't do anyone any good. It's not going to change anything. So from that side of things, it's interesting. Certainly interesting comments from Brian. I just don't know that it affects anything. And I don't really care. I, I saw some people say that like, oh, I can't believe Brian said that. That's going to affect the trade. It doesn't affect the trade at all. It doesn't affect the value. doesn't affect the leverage. It doesn't affect any of it. it. The Packers and Jets still need to work out compensation. That doesn't change the calculus of that in any way, shape or form. So that's that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Next is that, if you didn't know by now, uh, he was asked if Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback of the Packers. And they said that he said they're very excited about that. He did say that it's trending that way and nothing's impossible. If you're not sure... I don't know what to tell you at this point. If, if you think that that Aaron is still going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, the only reason why nobody's coming out and just saying it flat out is because of, again, the, the whole leverage thing. Green Bay wants to give the illusion that, oh, you know, if things don't work out, yeah, we'll just take them back. There's no way. If, if you want to know the ultimate proverbial, the toothpaste is out of the tube, this is it. There's there's no reeling this thing back this year. There just isn't. He's not going to be a Green Bay Packer. And if you didn't know, Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback. That was reiterated and not fully, um, you know, it wasn't exactly the words of like a million percent Jordan's going to be the starting quarterback, but trending that way. And all you need to do is listen to the Jets or the Packers and any of their interviews. And it's very easy to see Aaron's going to be a Jet. Jordan Love is going to be a starter for the Green Bay Packers. That is that. Meanwhile, he was asked also about draft compensation. And, you know, he was asked specifically if it needed to be pick 13. And he joked, hey, I want all the picks, all of the picks. I want all of the picks. But he did say he doesn't necessarily need a first round pick. So let's, let's translate this one as well. Because I saw some people like, oh, there goes any of Green Bay's leverage. He just said he didn't need pick 13. He did say he wants premium picks for a premium player. Him saying he doesn't necessarily need a first round pick or doesn't necessarily need pick 13 means nothing. Like that could be a wink wink of like, hey, yeah, if they want to give me Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, I don't need pick 13 in the deal. Like both sides were very clear. And maybe it was more clear from Joe Douglas's side of things, but Brian Gutekunst, you know, for all intents and purposes was basically operating in the same way of like, they're not going to give away anything of what the the trade talks are involving. There's no benefit to anyone in that situation to divulge exactly what they're looking for or how far apart they are, anything like that. So Brian saying, I don't necessarily need a first round pick. I want premium picks for a premium player. That could mean a variety of things. And I'm clearly being facetious and saying that they would ask for Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. That's not it. But my point being is Green Bay could ask for a variety of different things that would be worth more than pick 13. So it doesn't mean anything that he's saying, I don't necessarily need pick 13. Yeah, of course not. If they're willing to offer you something that's worth more than that, you don't need number 13. You would get whatever's better. So it doesn't mean anything. That's just GM speak of saying there's a variety of ways that this deal could go down. It doesn't necessarily have to be any one way. There's, a, you know, like I said, there there's draft pick value that can add up to the same thing in, like I said, so many different ways. Those two second round picks are basically the equivalent of a middle first, not much different. You talk about if you swap pick 15 and 13 and get the two seconds, it's almost identical in trade value to pick 13. So again, there's a lot of different ways that this could go down. So him saying he doesn't necessarily need pick 13 doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Focus more on Brian saying they want premium picks for a premium player. They also, if if nothing else, it is a little bit interesting that he said he wanted premium picks for a premium player. He didn't say, I want premium assets. He didn't say, I want premium players. He said, I want premium picks. Now, could that does that mean that they're not going to add a pick or a player to the deal at all? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. 
But if nothing else, probably a little bit of a Freudian slip of what Brian really wants from the deal, and that is draft picks. It's not probably players. And that makes the most sense anyway, because the Jets aren't going to want to give up players because they're they're going all in with Aaron Rodgers for this season. So they're going to want any of their good players to help them succeed at winning a Super Bowl this upcoming year. So players doesn't really make sense for either side. So yes, I would expect picks in return for Aaron, not necessarily players. If you want to take anything from that, definitely do so. From a deadline standpoint, the next thing that Brian kind of said was that if, you know, if we, if we get beyond the draft, everything changes. So that was his comment. If we get beyond the draft, everything changes. Once again, very, very clear that both sides would love to have this done prior to the draft. I would be extremely surprised if this is not done prior to the draft. This was a full day from both the Jets and the Packers of an interview with Joe Douglas and an interview with Brian Gutekinds, two separate interviews of posturing and basically playing this game of who's going to blink first. Who's going to ultimately realize that, okay, the longer this drags on, the worse that this is. And there are deadlines for both. And I think it's interesting that I'm sure the Jets just want this done. I'm sure Aaron just wants this done. I'm sure Green Bay just wants this done. But you could look and say like, Green Bay might be actually a little bit more under pressure. And Brian did say that they want picks now, like they would prefer picks now. And that's why he said, if it gets past the draft, everything changes. I think that's his stern warning of like, if you think there's a cost now, like we're going to raise the cost if this gets past the draft in maybe a significant way. And everything changes at that point. He didn't say that specifically, but that's kind of how I interpreted that. But it's interesting that I would argue with all the leverage crap, I would argue that as we get closer to the draft, I do think pressure probably gets put on Green Bay a little bit more because I do think he would love to have draft picks in this year's draft, whereas the Jets don't really need it by that point. It's interesting. Then after the draft, I do think things start to get pressure on the Jets because whether Aaron's going to be at OTAs or mini, like I guarantee you they want him at the mandatory mini camps and those sort of things and the mandatory OTAs. Um, I do think it's then the pressure becomes like they certainly want him in July for a training camp. There's no question about that. So then after the draft, the pressure then picks up on the Jets to get him in sooner rather than later. And now the cost may have gone up from Green Bay's standpoint. But then the longer it goes on, then the clock starts ticking for Green Bay where that option bonus kicks in at the beginning of the year. And now things just get really, really ugly because the Jets don't have another starting quarterback. And I do think you also have a, somewhat of a risk of like, what if what if one of the quarterbacks inexplicably falls that the Jets really like to number 13? There is some risk there too. And Brian did make mention that there is some risk with this entire situation. So long story short, I am very much in the camp. I would be shocked still if this does not get done prior to the draft. It just makes sense from both sides. Again, never say never. I won't put it in stone. I'm not going to write it in blood, but I do think that this ultimately gets done prior to the draft. The one other interesting thing here is for those of you, again, that are maybe thinking that, hey, I think Green Bay wants to do this post-June 1st. Brian did make specific mention of what this deal does to Green Bay with it getting done pre-June 1st. 
And how I interpreted that is they've they've made this situation and they've made their bet already so that they're going to trade him pre-June 1st. So I do think that this ultimately does very, very much get done pre-June 1st, like I said, probably prior to the draft. And Green Bay will take on that 40 mil in cap hit this upcoming season and then have nothing remaining for Aaron Rodgers in any future season. One other quick note here before we get into some other really interesting stuff is that Goody did mention that they expect to be active in the value free agency period, basically saying they've been very successful in that period in the past where you get past the initial block of free agency. And then after the, you know, usually after the draft, you start picking up some players where Green Bay has been very successful. And it sounds like they plan to be very active there again. It makes sense to do it after the draft. You want to see what holes you kind of plug with the draft first. And then whatever holes are not plugged, you start attacking some of those spots in free agency. If maybe you don't get the tight ends or wide receivers that you were expecting, you maybe go in in that direction and try to find some value wide receivers and tight ends. If you don't get some depth along the defensive line, if you don't get some safeties, like... I do think that's when Green Bay will become a bit more active. They've clearly started that already with guys like Tavarius Moore bringing in a new long snapper, et cetera. But I do think that they are going to be even more active once the draft is completed with some more value free agent signings. He was then asked, I think it was Rob Domofsky who asked him, who's going to be your kicker? And he basically kind of laughed and said, hey, we'll see. And this was one of the first, I think, really big takeaways from this. And he said, hey, we'd never close the door with Mason. We'll kind of see where this goes. We're limited financially. Never say never. Those are some of his quotes. And you listen to it the first time and your takeaway is, oh, Mason's done. And ultimately, I do think that's probably the case where they don't bring Mason back and they want to go in a different direction. It makes too much sense. What Mason has one year left, maybe two years left. I've said all off season, you're you're not competing. You're you're not you're not all in. You're not going for a Super Bowl this upcoming year. That's not your expectation. So if that's not it. Why are you bringing back the Mason on his last year, or like maybe his last year or two, where you have, you've seen his legs start to go a little bit? Yes, we saw it come back to life at the end of last year a little bit more. But like, there's no need. Start looking for your future kicker. That behooves you as a franchise more than running it back with Mason for another season. There's just no benefit there. So it does make sense for them to start looking at younger kickers who could be the future at the position moving forward. Um, but the the one other potential read of this, he said, we're very limited financially. And he said that, that that's a specific saying. And what I kind of potentially take away from that is like, Hey, you know, it, it Mason, there, there's a specific contract that Mason is wanting, and we just can't get there with where we're at from a salary cap standpoint. And that could be, you know, trying to get leverage with Mason's agent of saying like, Hey, you want to retire a Packer and you want to kick for one more year. You're just going to have to take a big discount. If not, we're going to go in a different direction. So there could be some posturing there from Brian as well, making it seem like they're willing to go in a different direction and really just kind of hoping that Mason is going to lower his costs saying, Hey, we don't have the money. We don't have the funds. If you want to be a Packer, you're going to have to lower that. That could be posturing. I believe they want to, they're probably going to go in a different direction, but it, it could just be sort of some some back and forth with the agent to try to show like they don't really want him back or are willing to go in a different direction, but would actually just like him back at a cheaper deal. Long story short, I do expect them to go in a different direction at kicker, very likely a rookie, whether that be via the draft or undrafted free agency with probably some competition from probably a lesser known kicker. Like we've seen some of the Giorgio Tavecchios and those sort of kickers in camp in previous seasons. 
did mention that he likes both Josiah DeGuara and Tyler Davis, which sure, you can like those. You also know that that's not enough to win at the tight end position. He knows very much that he's going to have to continue to stock that room. And then two of the bigger things, but there was three things really, well, obviously the Rogers stuff, but there was three things besides Rogers that were interesting takeaways. The first was Mason Crosby that we just talked about. The second was Keyshawn Nixon. He was asked about Keyshawn Nixon, was very complimentary of him as a returner, said he's one of the best gunners in the league, was very complimentary of him on how he played in the nickel on defense. But the interesting quote was, uh, it was, quote, he's going to see a lot more time in the nickel this year. Huh. So let's think about this. You've got Razul Douglas, you've got Jair Alexander, and you've got Eric Stokes. Those are your three core corners. If, if Nixon's your nickel, one of those is not, which means one of them very well could be moving to safety. And we've talked about it in the past. Razul Douglas could head to safety. They need the depth there. He has practiced there in Green Bay in the past. Don't be surprised if Razul Douglas opens this, you know, OTA mini camp eventually whenever he ends up being there, if he's not at, don't be surprised if he's at safety, long story short. I think we could very much see right now a Jair and Stokes on the outside with Keyshawn in the slot, Razul and Darnell Savage at safety based on the bodies they have in the building right now. In fact, that's what I would sort of expect. Rudy Ford being the top backup at safety. And then I don't know who would be your fourth corner at that point, honestly. It would probably be just an open competition at that point. But if that is the case, if they do plan on moving Rizul back to safety, could make corner a little bit more of a need in the draft for some depth there. They could also just know, hey, if we ever need a corner, we can move Rizul back to corner. It also gets to a very interesting point where if Rizul is a safety, you know, six guys on the roster that are potential 53-man roster guys. So that becomes very interesting as well. So that was another really interesting one. If they do really believe that, that Keyshawn's going to get a lot more time in the nickel, I would sort of expect that that precipitates a move to of Rizul Douglas to safety this season, which we didn't, we, we thought was an option already, but that kind of kickstarts that thought process even more. And then last but not least, my biggest, most interesting takeaway from this entire interview is not maybe what anyone else thinks it is. And that was when he was asked about Jordan Love's fifth year option. And he said, they're still working through that and we'll see what transpires over the next month and a half. That's so interesting to me because if they feel confident about Jordan to move on from Aaron, the fifth year option should be a no brainer. They picked up now the difference between Darnell Savage's fifth year and, and Jordan Love's fifth year is about $10 million. All right. So there's definitely a difference there, but it, in fact, it's a little bit more than 10 million, but they picked up Savage's fifth year and you're potentially not going to pick up Jordan's who you're just traded away or are going to trade away Aaron Rodgers for to make your starting quarterback who you spent a first round pick and then moved up using a fourth round pick to go up and get him in the first round, developed him for three years, traded away Aaron Rodgers, and you're still working through the process and seeing what's going to transpire over the next month and a half before you decide if you're going to pick up his fifth year option. What? I don't know what to make of that because there's no there's no like leverage or like going back and forth with Jordan's agent. Like I I'm very much at a loss as to like what the benefit would be unless 
the the only benefit that there is in that situation is if you're not sure about Jordan. And and if you want to see how he performs and you don't want to sign him to his fifth-year option and you just want to see how he performs this year and then you'll figure out the future next year, but you are potentially playing with fire because if he's good, you're talking about a very complicated deal that is going to probably pay him a lot of money or a franchise tag, which is going to pay him much more than what the fifth-year option is. And the fifth-year option, if he does end up bad, is $20 million next year, and you don't want to necessarily be stuck with a bad quarterback on a one-year $20 million deal that's fully guaranteed that you can't trade away. But I feel like if you're getting, if you've gotten to this point where you've moved up in the first round to get him, developed him for three years, say that he's ready to play, trade away Aaron Rodgers, but aren't willing to give him a one-year $20 million deal in 2024, you don't have that level of confidence in him? that that blows my mind. And you know, it it he didn't say no. He didn't say like, well, we're just not sure. He said we're still working through that and we'll see what transpires over the next month and a half. It's possible if 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 maybe you want to read this on its simplest terms, it's possible that they just want to get the Rodgers deal done with first. Let's figure out what happens with the Rodgers deal and maybe they want to get through the draft too. Like you could make an argument. You could make an argument that a if Rodgers isn't dealt, that they can't really go into next season with Rodgers on his crazy deal and Jordan Love on a twenty million option, fully guaranteed. Like you're just you you can't do it. Like to just be super safe, it just makes good business sense to get the Rodgers deal done first, and then you can easily pick up Jordan's fifth year option. Maybe it's just that. If that's all it is, cool. Understand it. Totally get it. The other could be is like, do they want to get the get the Rodgers deal done and then get through the draft? What if they love Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Like, let's just say it's one of those two guys. Like they have Stroud or or Bryce Young rated insanely high. And all of a sudden, one of them takes an Aaron Rodgers-esque fall through the draft. And now they're sitting at pick 15 and maybe the top player on their board is sitting there. And they had Bryce Young, when they graded Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud graded as a A++, whatever, they have a massive grade on him, higher than anything they ever put on Jordan Love. And maybe they're just like, that's the smarter direction to go in based on how they evaluated him. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case in uh, not even a little bit, but you could... It, there could be a reading of it, I guess, where they want to get through the. If you if he's saying he wants to get through the next month and a half, what's what's going to happen in the next month and a half? You're going to trade Aaron, and you're going to get through the draft. So, I don't. But it's it's just so weird. I, I'm leaving it to you guys. Like, let me know in the comments what you take away from that. I, I the more I think about it, it's probably that they just want to get the the Rogers deal done, and then they will pick up the option. Would be my guess. But I don't know. That's just such a weird concept to me. It just see it seems like at this point, doesn't it have to be a no-brainer where you're just like, yes, we will pay like if Jordan's your quarterback, which again he all but said in this in this interview, does don't you just have to pick up his fifth year? Because it, it doesn't send a good message to Jordan. It like no vote of confidence there. It doesn't send a good message to the team that like, yeah, we really believe in this guy. I don't know. That that seems very odd to me. And that would if they don't believe in him. 
that would, and just kind of based on, again, the, the interview from Brian, that would lead me more to believe that they moved on from Aaron, not because Jordan was ready, but because they were done with Aaron. They just, they had to move on. They knew that this, it was time and they just couldn't do it anymore. And that, that would make some sense where of like, they were, they were leaving the door open and seeing if he could come back because they didn't fully trust in Jordan yet. And that's why they were leaving the door open for Aaron to possibly come back. But at some point they got to the decision that they had to go in a different direction. And, and it wasn't necessarily because Jordan's great, but it's because they just had to move on from Aaron. And now they don't know exactly what to do with Jordan's fifth year option because they want to see him play first, but they can't see him play first because you have to pick up the fifth year option before that. I don't know. That one's really interesting to me. I I very much thought that as soon as this Rogers stuff transpired, the fifth year option would be a very easy decision. And I thought he would, I when he was asked at him, I thought he would very clearly say, yes, we will pick, we're very much going to pick up Jordan's fifth year option. It's a no brainer. He didn't say that though. And like I said, that is the weirdest, most interesting thing from the entire interview that I can't fully make heads of heads or tails of it. And I would love to know your thoughts as well. So let me know below what you think that exactly means. Is it a lack of faith in Jordan? Do they just want the deal done first? I, th- I think it's probably the latter, but I don't know. That's an interesting one. Lots to dissect, lots to go over. Was not expecting a that much out of a 17-minute interview from Brian, but clearly uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Mason Crosby, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, lots to think about from that quick 17-minute conversation, as well as the interviews from the Jets as well. We'll see if we get more info on Tuesday. We'll see if a Rogers deal is any closer to being completed. As all of that breaks, you will be the first to know. Not from me. Let's be real. You're probably going to hear it from Rappaport or somebody else, but we'll be the first uh, to you know break it down in full detail. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Appreciate you guys as always. We'll see you here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.